The following podcast is sponsored by our own little world daycare and learning center in Alma. Give them a phone call at 479-632-0038. They've been voted best of the best for 2016, 2017, and currently in two categories for 2018. Best Child Care Center and Best Preschool. Give them a phone call at 479-632-0038. And with that, welcome to Airedale All Access. I'm your host, Zach, and wherever you are at, wherever you are listening, thank you for letting us be a part of your day. And let's just dive right on into it. Alma had a huge critical road trip again going to Moralton. Uh, Airedales were coming in at uh, 2-0. and the uh, Moralton Devil Dogs were coming in at one and one after a dominating performance over the Greenbrier Panthers, thirty-seven to seven, the week prior. And the Devil Dogs had defeated Alma each of the past two years by a combined five points, including last season's thirty-eight thirty-five victory over Alma, that started a six-game winning streak for Moralton as they hit that backstretch of the 5A West schedule. And because of such a dominating performance in the conference last season and with uh, quarterback Jacoby Criswell supposed to be under center for Moralton, they were favored very heavily to end up winning the 5A West. But uh, they got into 7-on-7, got into their non-conference schedule, uh, ended up getting a couple of injuries. Most notably was Jacoby Criswell. And it opened up the door and opportunity for the other members of the 5A West to have an opportunity to compete in secure playoff seedings to extend their football season at the end of the regular season. And what that meant for Alma is an opportunity to win the conference championship again for a third year in a row. And as we talked about last week on the podcast, uh, this conference championship is Alma's to lose. They've been back-to-back winners of the 5A West, and uh, they shared the conference title with uh, a handful of teams last year. This year, they do not want to share it. They want to be greedy. They want to have that thing solely to themselves, which I am all for. And it started with this road trip to Moralton. You had to get over the Moralton Devil Dogs, get this win, and be able to uh, focus in on homecoming with Clarksville the next Friday night. And with Moralton, as we talked about and discussed on our podcast last week with uh, Coach Doug Lockridge, Moralton has been a very dangerous team throughout. They've got playmakers all around the field on offense, defense, as well as special teams. And one of the most notable players already on my radar was Xavier Clemens. Um, Xavier Clemens is, was a running back. He stepped in in a really big way for him against uh, Greenbrier. He had rushed 35 times for 190 yards, so he was averaging just over five and a half yards per carry. And along with that, you also saw the return of senior Dylan White at quarterback. And uh, Dylan White uh, against Greenbrier had uh, finished with 141 yards in three touchdowns and seemed to not really had missed much despite being injured and uh, my big question mark was on special teams with senior Mason Adams who had a 70-yard punt return against Greenbrier the week prior and Alma needed to come into this game and really just have everything go the right way for them and fall the right way for them against Moralton. You needed the offense to continue to 
churn out yards through the running game, have that stout Airedale run game that we've been seeing over the last couple of weeks since they hit conference play. You needed to continue to see the offensive line offering protection to allow Landon and Tanner time to be able to see and assess what was going on with the play and making the wise decision that was going to be best for Alma moving forward. And Friday night did not disappoint. It was a great atmosphere. I thoroughly enjoyed the night, even though there were some significantly stressful moments, as we'll get into. But uh, the first half was just very fast and quick. Uh, Both teams were focused on trying to establish their running games. It chewed up a lot of game clock. And we didn't see any of our scoring until the second quarter. And when it was all said and done, we go into halftime, and Moralton is leading Alma by 1.7 to 6. And the teams come out after the half, and that is where the fun begins. Back and forth all throughout the night. It was just... I mean, you, you, just an onslaught. I, I mean, there's not really a better word that I could articulate what uh, was happening in the third and fourth quarter. But uh, Alma and Moralton were trading punches, trading blows, and it really was going to boil down to who was going to have the last possession of the game. And Alma ended up getting really gutsy. Um, late in the fourth quarter, Alma... Landon Blair passed to Grayson Bailey for 45 yards for a touchdown. And they went for a two-point conversion when it was all said and done and ended up converting that to take a one-point lead over Moralton, 23-22, with about two minutes and 30-odd seconds left in the game. It was about 2.32, I think, if I'm recalling correctly. And what ended up happening was Moralton ended up driving the field. Uh, The defense was ensuring that they were making tackles inbounds, not giving up the big play. And in this back and forth affair, Moralton had the last opportunity to win the game, but failed to convert a 36-yard field goal by senior Jesus Arias on the final play. Um, There was a uh, botched hold that the kicker was able to get the ball off. It went past the line of scrimmage, but it looked like a dying duck, and it fell short of the goalpost. At that point, uh, the Alma sideline went absolutely crazy. A very well-deserved, hard-fought game. And your Alma Airedales emerged victorious 23-22 to over Moralton and are still currently tied for first place with the Harrison Golden Goblins at 3-0 in the 5A West. And now they look forward to a matchup this upcoming Friday for homecoming against the Clarksville Panthers. But before we dive into uh, Clarksville and what we can expect from uh, Chris Buckner's uh, squad, let's cue up that audio from Coach Doug Lockridge. First and foremost, congratulations. Uh, the Alma Airedales have uh, bounced back from non-conference and are currently 3-0 in the 5A West. Uh, we've been preaching uh, all throughout that non-conference stretch, uh, applying Van Buren, Springdale and Russellville, how this was just going to uh, be a really big opportunity and a shot in the arm for your team getting ready for the 5A West. And uh, it looks like you guys are uh, making bank on that right now. So 
With uh, you guys being 3-0, uh, you guys had a huge, crucial game with uh, Morlton. We uh, knew that that game was circled on the calendar in preseason, just uh, knowing Morlton's talent, what they had available. And uh, you guys did a really great job on Friday night. You kept uh, running back Xavier Clemens uh, pretty well bottlenecked throughout the night. You also kept Dylan White in check for him at quarterback. Uh, you even made sure that uh, senior Mason Adams on special teams did not gouge you guys throughout the evening. Uh, the first half was uh, very defensive-minded. Uh, you guys went in at halftime, 7-6. to six. It was just a back-and-forth matchup between your defenses. So uh, what were some of the positive takeaways going into halftime with you guys being down only by one? Well, there was a lot of positives. Number one, I lo love the way how physical we were playing. You know, it came out uh, the very first of the game just being a, a just a – bloodbath you know knock down drag out getting after it and, and that's what you expect when we go to Morlton it's always like that um, you know the last three years now that game has been decided by a total of six points so it's always a tight game it's always physical you know uh, Morlton's always got a really good defense you know that every year they load up and put their dudes on that side of the ball it's, it's a always a good game plan it's well executed they're always really good up front um, we felt good about our run defense going in with what we could do. You know, we, we think our, one of our strengths our offensive line, so we felt good about about that. So we expected that. You know, first quarter went really quick. It was just back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Some big special teams plays and things like that. But the big thing was, we, you know, we were lining up on defense. We weren't busting assignments. We weren't missing tackles. We did a lot better job in the secondary. Offensively, you know, uh, I thought Coach Gunner was really, really patient and stayed with the run game, you know. It's, it's always easy, especially against a defense like Morlton, to go in there and say, well, we can't run the ball and just totally abandon it. But he did a good job staying with it. We were able to break the ones when we needed it, and it also opened up our passing game. Well, you guys come out of halftime, and you opened up the second half scoring a field goal on the very first possession. On the uh, uh, So the Devil Dogs responded, and we ended up having a 14-9 Devil Dog advantage. Um, the second half, quite frankly, was completely night and day difference between what we saw first quarter, second quarter, to what we ended up with the third and the fourth quarter. Uh, it seemed like uh, everyone decided to uh, uncrank a little bit and really get going. Uh, I do want to mention uh, what Colton Bowerman had another fantastic night on defense. Uh, going into the game, he was already averaging 11 tackles per game. Your team overall was averaging just shy of 80. So, uh, with your defensive uh, mindset in that second half, what did you keep telling the team as Morlton and uh, you guys kept going back and forth? Well, we just kept telling you, you know, we, we we're going to have to stop the run. You know, that was another big game to keep them under 100 yards rushing after their tailback had already rushed for uh, way, way over 100 against Greenbrier. So it's keeping him bottled up and making him string it out. He didn't like getting hit. He didn't like the, the green helmets being put on him over and over and over. So he got slower as the game went on. Uh, I thought the quarterback come in did a phenomenal job. Just you know, he's still playing injured, uh, and it was kind of he was kind of one dimensional because there was no quarterback run game. Because you know, number one they don't get him hurt. Number two he is like I said still playing still playing hurt. So everything he did was getting the ball out quick. You know, getting their guys in space, which they did a really good job on. You know, uh, they threw it over thirty something times uh, the other night, and and you know and and threw it uh, over two hundred yards. So you know we we just said we weren't going to get beat deep by the by the deep ball, we were going to get beat deep and just try to have everything thrown underneath and corral up and, and just try to keep putting helmets on them. Well, I want to also take a moment to commend your special teams. Again, third week in a row that we've had some really good positives coming out of this. And we had two, not, not one, but two 50-yard something returns on a kickoff 
following a score. You had one in the first half. You had one in the second half. So you had one from Keegan Roseberry in the first half of that game. And then the big one that set you guys up uh, for your game-winning touchdown ultimately was uh, the 50-yard return by Josh Davis. So uh, what, what can you say about your special teams and just their performance over the last few Special weeks? teams were the difference in that ball game. Uh, Coach Josh Driscoll is our special teams coordinator. does a phenomenal job uh, every week. He, he, he game plans. He coordinates. He, he gets all things that he likes, gets the personnel. And we knew, you know, you know that in, in big games like that, it comes down to taking care of the football on offense, defense, who can say, and, and comes down to special teams plays. We had some great, great special teams plays. You know, we had we had great punts by Landon Blair. Uh, he had all, like over a 50-yard punt. Uh, we had a... We had a, a field goal from Dane Martin. We had we had the, the great returns. If we don't get that last return by Josh Davis, you know, 50-yarder, he sets us up midfield to where we can go score. You know, that was big. Um, you know, we had three returns for over 121 yards in that game. Um, we had we had the the attempt to block a field goal to at the end of the game. So there was lots and lots of big special teams plays, and that's a third of the game. We pre preached to our guys. That's a third of the game. That's not anything that you go in and rest on. You know, our starters on offense and defense are on special teams. Uh, we don't just try to get guys breaks there. And uh, you know, every and you know every. Uh, Fifth play is a special team play in, in, in a football game, so uh, that's a big. That was a big, big part of our victory. Well, and another big part of the victory as well was obviously that last offensive possession of the game. Uh, Josh Davis ended up having that big 50-yard return for you guys, set you up uh, on a short field. Uh, Morlton on their possession prior had went down and scored fairly quickly and just left a little too much time on the clock for your offense. Uh, what were you telling your offense as they get prepared to take the field on that possession? You know, they never panicked. They've been in those situations before in the last two years with all those starters on the offensive line. So they, you know, we got some playmakers out there, so they never panicked, you know, and, and just a, it was just another another day at the office, another another drive out there and a chance to go score, and they wanted it, and they wanted to go get it. So uh, luckily, you know, Josh had got that return for us to give us where we didn't have it near as far to go. We didn't have to drive 70 yards or anything like that. So he gave us kind of a short field, and that was a big difference. Well, and one big difference that uh, I really enjoyed watching was as soon as your offense came out and started settling in, uh, there was a four-yard pass initially to Grayson Bailey, and all of a sudden that offensive line and all the other receivers formed up a hole in blocking and allowed Grayson to take a simple dump route of four yards and ended up turning it into a 45-yard touchdown pass for you guys to end up setting you up uh, being down 22-21. to 21. Uh, You guys lined up like you were going to kick the PAT, but then you took a timeout. They took a timeout, so... What was kind of going on in that process at that point in the game? Um, you know, we lined up in PAT. We, we tried to draw them off size just to shorten it. Uh, didn't do it, so we called timeout. Um, Coach Gunner had a play that he thought he liked, and we ended up switching it. Uh, and uh, came out and, you know, again, uh, went back to Bailey, and he made the big play. And there was never a doubt in our mind, you know, what we needed to do there. We were getting, get, you know, it was a humid night. We were getting gassed on defense, didn't know if we were going to be able to stop them. You know, if we did, you know, all they had to do, obviously, was, you know, if we had it tied, was go down and try to get down and kick a, a close chip shot field goal. So, uh, so we, we wanted to go for the win. We went for it and got it, and, and very fortunate that, that our guys executed what we had called. Well, and uh, – Bobby Swafford with KFSM, uh, following that two-point conversion play, made a uh, call out to you on social media stating that uh, you're not really a conservative guy when it comes to those plays. Uh, what do you have to say about that? Uh, you know, 
we're in it to win it. And the, on the road, I think it just makes sense. We're on the road. We're in a tough place to play. We have the momentum right there at our time. They were kind of on their heels. Uh, and we trust, I trust them. I trust my coaches and I trust our players. And when I looked at those seniors and I looked at them and said, hey, y'all want to go get this? And there was without a doubt any uncertainty. They all said, yeah, we went and got it. So and that's what, exactly what happened. Well, with about uh, two minutes and some change left, uh, Morlton gets an opportunity to go down, as you were describing, to be able to at least get an opportunity to kick a field goal, to at least win the game or get a big play touchdown on you guys. Uh, so as your defense prepared to take the field following the kickoff, what was the message and the mentality with them getting ready to take the field against that last drive? Don't give up the big play. Keep everything in front of you. Tackle, tackle, tackle. You know, keep them in bounds. They had some timeouts, but, you know, uh, you know, don't be too soft, but we can't be too aggressive that where they where we let them do some things and put us in bad positions. So just just play defense like we should. You know, I love our, our secondary. We got four seniors back there. You know, had well only had three last week without Freddie, but Grayson Bailey came in did a great job filling in for him. And just trust those guys and just uh, you know, you gotta trust your defense to and to step up and make the play and put us in a position to win it. Well, Morlton does drive the length of the field, and as time's getting ready to expire, they call their final timeout with three seconds left. They're on the right hash. It's not a given kick for any field goal kicker, especially in high school. And what were you telling the team as they prepared to go out in the field for that last opportunity for Morlton to be able to try and steal that game? This is it. Anything you have left, put into it. This is that last gasser we always run during the summer. Uh, you know, Coach Driscoll did a good job scheming up a, a, a middle block where he put big Zach Henson in there and big Matt Hamlin and had Colton come right off their tail through the gap. And Colton's brave enough and, and, and big enough playmaker to lay out and, and to try to at least get a piece of the ball or at least force a bad kick. Well, what ended up happening was it uh, looked like there was a little bit of fumbling on the snap. Kicker did get it off, but... I still am adamant that one of your players ended up getting a hand on the ball because even with it going up and about, it just made more of a thump sound when the kicker got contact with the ball. And uh, once it sailed short of the uh, field goal, huge celebration, uh, major victory for you guys, a big road win against uh, someone that was favored to win the conference at the beginning of preseason. So uh, once the celebratory activities kind of started going in, what did you tell the team following the conclusion of that game? Just that how much I'm proud of them was, how much I loved them, and how, you know, just that – how that was is a big, big statement for our team to come in and shows the character of us coming in and winning that on the road. Uh, you know, put us in a position to still play for a conference title. You know, no one believed in us when we started 0 and 3. You know, there, there there's a lot of naysayers and a lot of people thought that wouldn't give a dime for us. But our guy, we know the value of this team. We see how much work they put in. As long as we stay healthy and have the right guys out there, we're going to be in good shape. We'll be in every ball game. Well, and for your team, you guys get a fun memory with uh, this Morlton matchup. Uh, for those of you that are unaware, when Alma arrived to Morlton on the Friday, it was actually homecoming for Morlton. They scheduled Alma for homecoming. So uh, once you and the coaching staff found out about that, uh, what did you tell the team going into the game? Uh, there's some good bulletin board material with that. You know, we just made the fact made the statement that you know you don't choose Alma for homecoming and that uh, that you know you choose teams that you that you know without a doubt would think you're going to beat no matter what. And you know, uh, really kind of kept on harping on that whether that was Morlton's underlying cause or not we made it to be that and and uh, the kids respond well you know just told them that that uh, they don't respect you so that's been kind of our underlying underlying motto all all year you know destroying the doubt of pe that people having this football team so far they're doing that 
Well, and part of the destroying the doubt is our uh, Edward Jones Player of the uh, Week, sponsored by the office of uh, Lyle Newton, was uh, Colton Bowerman. Uh, Colton has just been a defensive linchpin for you guys all season long. Stepped up really big with uh, a couple of injured players being out this game. Uh, going into this Morlton matchup, was already averaging 11 tackles. Uh, just seemed to be everywhere at the right place at the right time defensively for all the major key plays that the Airedales ended up having against the Devil Dogs on Friday. You know, Colton's one of those guys that, that you never doubt how hard he's going to play. You never doubt the effort you're going to get. He's a, he's a student of the game. He knows it inside and out. He could go out there and call every coverage for every game, and you could sit back and just coach. You know, and just and he's he's a guy that with 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 without a doubt, I mean, he's a returning all stater. He's what you expect when you have a guy that makes all state as a junior to, to be back and show it as a senior. Well, and to now segue, you guys spoil Morlton's homecoming. Now you got to make sure that Clarksville doesn't come in this upcoming Friday and spoil Alma's homecoming. So what has been? The discussion points so far uh, this uh, first couple of days of practice getting ready for the Panthers. You know, I think we coach harder and we're in worse moods this week than we were last week just because we got to focus on us. We can't we can't pat ourselves on the back all week for a big win last week. That that one's over. Uh, Clarksville doesn't care that we beat Moralton. Um, again, they have some fuel in their fire being somebody's homecoming. Uh, you know, there's always some distractions and things with players and stuff going on during this week, but we got to maintain the focus. Just, you know, the motto is homecoming's not any good if you don't win the game. So, uh, the, you know, that's just kind of a bonus. The homecoming stuff's for everybody else. You know, uh, we need to go out and play the game and win it because we're still playing for a conference championship. And Clarksville has definitely been a uh, entertaining team this season in the 5A West. Uh, may not be equating to wins, but in every single matchup, especially early on in the first half, they've been in every single game so far this year. So just from what you're seeing, what are some of the tentative plans at this point to limit that offense and the running back? You know, their, their, uh, their offense is, is an offense you never see, uh, which Coach Buckner did a great job. You know, he's, they're having a hard time with numbers and players and things like that, matching up with, with some of these big, after moving up 4A to 5A, to matching up with big 5A schools. So he went to an offense that no one sees. you got to prepare for it in three days. You can't do that against a, an offense that is, that is uh, very sound and very disciplined and moving the football. Uh, and it's hard for you to get your scout team to run it. So uh, we've been focusing on on us, and you know it's, it's responsibility football, it's discipline football. You got to do your job and nobody else's. Um, and I, the kids have really came to work this week and are excited and still, you know, just know that they have something else. Every every week gets bigger, and this is a bigger week than last week. And just like Coach said, every week gets bigger, and in this conference, it is a playoff game. Each and every single week, that's how you got to treat your opponents. And this week is no different. Uh, Clarksville is coming in. They are a very dangerous team. They have uh, given fits to uh, all the other members in the 5A West. They just got their first conference win last week, uh, defeating Huntsville 62-35. to So they've got some really positive momentum coming into this matchup. And... Coach Buckner has done a great job with this program so far. Just like Coach was saying, you know, just having some enrollment issues and getting some people to commit. But they are starting to close the gap. You're starting to see the improvements that this team is making and what they can potentially be. And it's very dangerous. Uh, Clarksville is averaging about uh, 23 points per game. Alma is averaging about 22 points per game. 
And when you look at the overall team stat comparisons, rushing yards per game, they love to run the ball. They are averaging 300.5 yards per game. Uh, They are shouldering the bulk of that on uh, Bryce Buckner at running back. He is uh, averaging 134 yards per game. So again, another high-profile running back that Alma is going to have to contain this upcoming Friday. Uh, Passing yards per game, 51.8. Everything is going to be contingent upon limiting that running game, limiting the lanes that Bryce is going to have against your defense. Um, Total yards per game, the Panthers are averaging 352. Defensively, they're averaging about 56 tackles per game and about one sack per game. So for Alma, they're coming in Rushing yards per game at 132.7, passing yards 141. So it's a nice balanced blend. They're trying to have that good split between the running game and the passing game. Uh, They're averaging about 274 total yards per game. And the Airedale defense is, again, leading the way for this team. They are averaging just under 80 tackles per game. They're averaging uh, at least three sacks per game. So if the defense can continue to be disruptive, get back there, limit Bryce's opportunities in the running game, limit what Nicholas Buckner can do at quarterback, Alma's going to have a very good probability of walking away with a homecoming win on Friday night against the Panthers. But the key to the game is containing both of the Buckner boys and then needing to keep an eye out on defense for Eduardo Almerez, who is their leading tackler with eight tackles per game. And he's also their sack leader, averaging less than one sack per game. So they have been getting some success on defense and disrupting some offenses. But if Alma can just continue to do assignment football this week, that's that's my key to the game is you have to stay on assignment football. This single wing offense is, you're only going to see it one time this year with Clarksville. Uh, There's not any other team that is running it in Class 5A that I am currently aware of. So if you will do assignment football, do not try and do someone else's job, then you're going to have a better opportunity of containing Nick. You're going to have a better opportunity containing Bryce. And getting into the backfield and disrupting what they want to do, just like we were able to do with Xavier Clemens. Uh, Alma has been limiting running backs to uh, less than 100 yards rushing or right at 100 yards rushing uh, the last four weeks. So they've been doing a very great job on making sure that they are uh, sealing off the edge, not letting the running back get into the next level. And if they can just continue to find that success, continue to disrupt the offense with uh, getting tackles, sacks, forcing fumbles, getting those interceptions, giving your offense additional opportunities to uh, go in and score. That is what Alma has. Alma has the experience. Alma has the opportunity to really put this game away, hopefully by halftime. But when you're looking at this, I mean, it's just crazy that the last three opponents have been so eerily similar to the Airedales uh, throughout the start of 5A West play. But again, that goes straight back to what Coach was saying is that this conference 
each and every single week is a playoff game. You have to be ready. You've got to come in and keep your nose clean. And even though last week was a great victory against Moralton, you've got to bring your lunch pail, get back to work, and you've got to focus in going 1-0 again this week. You've got to be 4-0 in 5A West play because the next Friday, sneak peek, You've got the Harrison Golden Goblins coming in the town who are also sitting atop the conference currently at 3-0. and So that is going to be a critical matchup the following week. But you have to focus on winning homecoming because as Coach has stated, homecoming is no fun if you don't win the game. If you haven't already, please make plans to attend the uh, homecoming festivities. Uh, if you're just interested in coming to sit down for the game, kickoff will be at 7 o'clock. Hope to see you there at Airedale Stadium cheering on your 3-0 5A West Alma Airedales as they look to improve to 4-0. And as always, go Airedales.